Hello and welcome to Fuelcast. My name is Andy Kingston-Smith and I work at Formation College in Birmingham. I'm also the co-founder of the Justice Initiative with my wife Carol. It's showdown time and the tension is palpable. A cauldron of jealous and insecure religious leaders squaring up to a handful of daring healers and preachers. The sense of alarm, anxiety and confusion is so tangible. The atmosphere is electric, yet into the melee of seething anger steps up a calm and wise man. The Pharisee Gamaliel is recognized as a wise leader in the Jewish religious community and his intervention and challenge to the Sadducees, unwittingly or not, becomes a significant catalyst in the spread of the gospel as it takes root in the Jerusalem soil. What has led to this confrontation? The previous chapter in Acts narrates the growing tensions being fueled at the time. Threats to the apostles had already been made, but they remained undeterred. In fact, persecution simply emboldened them in prayer and proclamation. The Spirit's anointing power on this new movement of believers was provoking a furious reaction, creating a pressure cooker atmosphere, which was bound to explode. The Sadducees had most to lose. This new movement of simple believers testified to the power of the resurrection and the reality of Jesus' resurrection was not one that the Sadducees accepted. In this passage in Acts 5, we see the lid finally blow off. Ananias and Sapphira have been struck down for deception, healings are taking place, and signs and wonders are everywhere. But it was crunch time for this movement. Would it run out of steam? Would Herod's brutality break it? Or were these signs of a new kingdom being established not just in Jerusalem, but in Judea and Samaria, and eventually to the very ends of the earth as promised in Acts 1.8? So what lessons might we draw from this power encounter today? Firstly, bold proclamation of the good news leads to trouble with opposing powers. When allegiance is coerced, confrontation is inevitable, especially where civil disobedience is practiced in response. Secondly, our faith compels us to correctly align our priorities. Who will we obey and follow? We must always choose, for we cannot serve two masters. Thirdly, God is often working in and through the actions of those who may not be consciously favorable towards the gospel message. God's goodness extends way beyond the furthest reaches of the church. However, most importantly of all, we know from the ensuing events of the last 2,000 years that the growth of the church community around the world is testament to the eternal truth of the good news proclaimed and embodied by Jesus. The outcome of Gamaliel's test has been proved through the passage of time. The good news of Jesus has not fizzled out, unlike the claims of Theudas and Judas. Gamaliel was absolutely right in explaining the logical outcomes of the two options he presented. The authenticity and validity of this new movement will either lead it to fail or it would succeed. And if it succeeds, it will be so because it is God-ordained 
and no one should mess with that. Whether Gamaliel actually expected or even hoped that the message of Jesus would succeed is not obvious to us. However, what we can be sure of is this. His timely wisdom resulted in great impetus being given to the influence and spread of the early church, and all because he was persuasive enough to convince the Sanhedrin to spare Peter and the other apostles' lives. The Spirit was obviously at work in Gamaliel's heart and mind, an unlikely hero if you like. That same Spirit is at work today, in and through the most unexpected of circumstances, for God's reign and rule cannot be quashed.